Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone. I hope you're having a good Friday, which means it's all request Friday. Anything goes today. No theme, just what song do you want to hear? Uh, getting ready for a long weekend in Saskatchewan. Of course, Monday, uh, producer Scott's going to be on on Monday with a best of show for you. Uh, as it's a family day weekend, kids have next week off. Uh, you might be going to pick up your kid right now or maybe earlier today, depending on your school schedules. With the noon hour supervision across the province that was uh, called off uh, for those, of course, with the teachers that provide noon hour uh, supervision. But we have a busy, busy show for you today. A little bit later on this afternoon, we will talk to the curling legend, Jennifer Jones, six Scotties titles and her last Scotties tournament of hearts. And we'll talk to Jennifer about her career, about her accomplishments, about her many Scotties appearances, her championships, her gold medal at the Olympics, and more as she gets ready for her final Scotties tournament of hearts. She will continue in mixed doubles, of course, with her husband. And, of course, she'll be cheering for Saskatchewan uh, at the uh, Scotties, or at the Briar, because her husband, Brent Lang, is uh, with Team McEwen and company, representing Saskatchewan at the Briar. That starts March 1st tonight. It's the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Of course, we're cheering for Skylar Ackerman, the 22-year-old out of Saskatoon, one of the youngest skips ever in a Scotties in her first Scotties as a skip, she was the alternate uh, last year uh, for Robin Silvernagle. Uh, but when it comes to Skylar Ackerman, she's on the ice tonight. We know that against PEI. The feature game on TSN will be Manitoba against Alberta. Caitlin Laws against Sturmey tonight. They've already announced that one. But I'm sure we'll see Skylar Ackerman in her debut the Scotties at some point throughout the week on TSN. But Jennifer Jones will be coming up. Also... One of my favorite storytellers in the in hockey is Chico Resch. And we'll be joined by Chico Resch. I'm calling it the Chico Cup this weekend. This weekend is the Stadium Series. It's at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. You have the Devils. You have the Flyers. And you also have the Rangers taking on the Islanders. Why am I calling it the Chico Cup? Because Chico played for three of the four teams playing this weekend in New Jersey. He played, of course, started off with the Islanders, went to the Colorado Rockies, moved with them to the New Jersey Devils, and then wrapped up his career with Ronnie Hextall and the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, so we'll be joined by Chico Resch to get you ready for the Stadium Series weekend, and I know Chico will have some stories. Also, Drew and I are going to debate on Friday face-off. We're going to go with the best hockey player outside of Canada in hockey history. And this, again, relates to Yarmir Yager. His 68 jersey will be raised to the rafters this weekend in Pittsburgh. Is Yager the greatest player not from Canada? Because when you talk about the greatest players of all time, the debate goes to Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr. Some people throw in a goaltender like Patrick Waugh. 
Martin Broder. But outside of the main debate is Gretzky and Orr. Who's the greatest of them all? Is it Ovechkin? Is it Yager? Outside of Canada? You can even throw in Americans in there, too. Nick Lidstrom. There's some great Swedes that have come through the National Hockey League. So Drew and I will debate that one as Yager. I think you make the argument he's the best player ever, not from Canada in NHL history. So that's our Friday face-off. Jeff Hamilton will join us football at four, and we will ask Jeff Hamilton, is this it for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Has it finally gotten to the point where they've lost too much of that core with Jackson Jeffcoat's retirement? Some of their linebackers are leaving. Demario Houston's out. Jamarcus Hardrick's coming here to Saskatchewan. Oh, wait. Yeah, they still have Zach Kalaros, Patrick Newfeld, Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen, Willie Jefferson, Adam Big Hill. Maybe it won't be it for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but they suffered some losses. We'll also talk about the Winnipeg Jets with Jeff Hamilton football at four this afternoon. Uh, so, yes, we have a busy one. Marco Leary's going to join us. The Moose Jaw Warriors starting to heat up after picking up Matthew Savoy. And they're, when it comes to points percentage, second in the Eastern Conference as the WHL playoff race heating up. And we're keeping an eye on those Saskatchewan teams, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, and Swift Current. And, of course, the PA Raiders in a little bit of a battle for those final playoff spots in the Western Hockey League. Last night in the National Hockey League, Connor Bedard was back in the lineup for the Chicago Blackhawks. And, ladies and gentlemen, something happened last night that we've been waiting to have happen on a Saturday in the National Hockey League. And it happened in that game with Connor Bedard probably a little out of place where he should have been on the ice was Sidney Crosby scoring 15 seconds into the game. If that would have been on Saturday, we're giving away $1,800 on the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. But it happened on a random Thursday night, so nobody wins money. And yes, the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest is up to $1,800. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll announce who that person is playing for the money tomorrow in the NHL. Unfortunately, we're not playing on Thursday nights, or someone would have got a nice paycheck. But Connor Bedard did get an assist last night in his return with the full shield on, of course, still protecting that jaw as he reclaimed top spot in rookie scoring in his first night back. He was tied at the top and then got an assist last night. Also, we're going to have some fun at my expense today. Okay, you ready for this? I need to ask you, a documentary that was made, that you com- a sports documentary that you completely ignored or you never want to have made. Because last night, the New England Patriots Dynasty series dropped on Apple TV. This is the story, and they interview Brady, and they have Belichick, and they have Kraft, and they have Ty Law, they they have Mike Vrabel, you could go on. They had the greats of the New England Patriots on this series. The first two episodes dropped last night. I watched the first episode last night, I watched the second episode this morning, and it completely ruined my Friday. 
The second episode is on the Snow Bowl. The Patriots and the Raiders, 2002. And I, it pops up because they go through the dates. And this is Tom Brady's first year. It's a great series, by the way. They've done a good job. Drew Bledsoe's on it, of course, talking about being replaced by Tom Brady. The heartbreak of losing his job to Tom Brady after that vicious hit he took against the New York Jets, which had his lung filling with blood. He was hospitalized. He was out for seven weeks. Tom Brady went 5-2 and two without Drew Bledsoe. And Bledsoe, when he came back, thought he was getting his job back. I'm Drew Bledsoe. I'm the million-dollar quarterback here, boys. This is my job. And Bill Belichick went, yeah, well, about that. And it was controversial. Robert Kraft's very open and honest as the owner. Drew Bledsoe was his guy. But in episode two, they talk about the snow bowl game, or as I like to call it, the snow job. That happened January 19th of 2002. And it got to me thinking, why am I putting myself through this? Why am I watching the Patriots celebrate, laugh at the expense of my team, which had me thinking, what would it be for you as a sports fan if there was a documentary made, or maybe it's already been made, that you just completely avoided or wish you never watched because it just triggered you? I was triggered this morning. I was mad all over again at the tuck rule and the fumble and the overtime rule where the first team with the ball kicks a field goal, they win the damn game in the playoffs. All those rules have changed, by the way. The tuck rule doesn't exist anymore. They got rid of it. And now in overtime, well, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. The old rule, the San Francisco 49ers are Super Bowl champions. The new rule would have had the Raiders get the ball back after Vinatieri's field goal anyway. You get my point. Maybe it's 2009 Grey Cup. They did make a documentary about that. I was part of it. They interviewed me in the studio I am in right now. They brought in the cameras and everything to talk about 2009 and what it was like to walk in the locker room and see the look on their faces. And Some people said they did watch that. They said, oh, you're, I remember you're on that 2009 documentary. Didn't like that one. Not that it wasn't good. Just brought back some terrible memories. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Are you going to dig into this dynasty series? It's like the New England Patriots version of the Chicago Bulls' last dance. I've enjoyed the first two. Next week, I see one of the episodes is Spygate. Oh yes, do I want to watch that one? All right, coming up next, however. If Sidney Crosby would have scored the goal on Saturday, we would have given away money. But it didn't happen. It happened yesterday. Next, who is playing for $1,800 tomorrow with the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest? We have the name. We'll share it with you next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Nye with you here in the Green Zone on this Friday afternoon. And we got the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. Up to $1,800 is the jackpot now. It has been rising every single week since week one of the NHL season. 
as so far, nobody on a Saturday has scored in the first 20 seconds, though it did happen last night with Sidney Crosby's goal 15 seconds in against the Chicago Blackhawks. And tomorrow, what do we got? 13 games in the NHL, one of them outdoors, the Philadelphia Flyers and the New Jersey Devils at MetLife Stadium. An all-Canadian matchup with the Canucks and the Jets tomorrow. The Oilers are in Dallas. The Flames home to the Red Wings. Connor Bedard hosts the Ottawa Senators. It all starts at 11.30 tomorrow, Saskatchewan time, when the Boston Bruins host the LA Kings. So 13 opportunities to have a game with a goal in the first 20 seconds. And our next contestant wins $1,800 just like that. Okay, let's whittle it down here on uh, who we're looking for. And I'm going to whittle it way down. I usually start with the town or city. Sometimes it's Regina, Saskatoon. Okay, this is a new one. I I looked. I sorry, Saskatchewan. This was a new one to me. When it comes to a community, I went. Where is that? It's uh, just north of Highway Five, just a little bit to east of Saskatoon, Vonda, Saskatchewan. So I think we whittled it down. If there's any listeners in Vonda right now or have an address in Vonda, Saskatchewan. Mike Debert from Vonda, Saskatchewan, is the contestant for the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. Mike, you'll be buying coffees in Vonda, I imagine, or other beverages. If tomorrow in one of the 13 games in the NHL, a goal is scored in the first 20 seconds of the first period. If it happens like it did last night, Mike in Vonda, Saskatchewan will win $1,800. And you know the drill. If it doesn't happen next week, a new contestant is playing for $1,900. Jamie and I with you here in the Green Zone. Tomorrow night. In Moose Jaw, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles night when the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors are taking on the Calgary Hitmen. And tomorrow night, uh, Moose Jaw, the place to be. That's where we're heading right now. Uh, Mark O'Leary is uh, the head coach joining us. Uh, Mark, I, I, j- I have to ask, did you have a favorite uh, Ninja Turtle? In, in <laughs> uh, Raphael, for sure. I, I, would, uh, I would think it's been a long time, but uh, big fan. Yeah, there's uh, Raphael or Michelangelo were usually the two most popular. Uh, oh, yeah. Apologies yeah. to Donatello and Leonardo. They, it just, <laughs> it was just, that's the fact. Um, but uh, it'll be, of course, uh, it's always fun when you do like there was SpongeBob SquarePants night for the Pats and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle night now for the Moose Show Warriors Calgary Hitman this weekend. Uh, Children's Miracle Network, uh, part of this to to raise some money there as well. But Mark, I was just going through it. What is this? 12 and 1 since all the players came back from the World Junior Hockey Championship. What what's it like to have this kind of momentum through this stretch run coming up towards the playoffs? Well, I think the you know, the guys have done a great job. Um, you know, it's 
it's not always easy. I think when you when you add some new players and um, guys being away and then coming back, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get your your footing and um, you know as a player trying to find where your where your spot on the team is. But you know to the players' credit, they've done a, an unbelievable job of that, and I think one of the biggest uh, assets we have is our depth and that's the players and buying into their roles. When we look through the Moose Jaw Warriors uh, for the next month, just over a month until the playoffs, what are the goals? Do, do you, When they're playing as well as they do, how do you continue to have them buy in, listen, learn as you give, approach the playoffs? Well, I think again, you lead on, or you lean on your, your leadership. And, you know, as, as coaches, we have the same goals that the players do. You know, we want to, we want to be playing our best hockey when playoffs roll around. And, uh, we know what's at, uh, at stake in terms of the, the big prize. But, you know, we, we know that our best chance of succeeding in playoffs is playing our best hockey. Our conference is, uh, is real tough. Uh, one through eight is going to be a battle, and uh, where we end up finishing standings-wise will uh, will be dictated by how we're playing. So we control how we're playing, and that's what we're concentrating on. What has been the biggest thing you wanted to address this season after a little bit of success last year, of course, losing to the eventual Eastern Conference champion, the Winnipeg Ice, in the playoffs? I think it's our consistency. You know, even at the the start of the year, we um, you know, we winning three out of five games, which is, which is okay. But then we'd have, we'd have dips even within games that we're winning. We just, uh, we weren't ourselves consistently. So I think the, the message with our group is, you know, consistently good, you know, is better than occasionally great. And I think that's the, the difference here really since Christmas is we're just stocking good days. And, uh, when you have players like we do who are, you know, exceptional talents, uh, if you just show up every day, you do your job, and you make it a good day, you know, the results are what they are. Well, when you, as a coach, um, as a head coach, this is the three and a half years in now, um, since you took over midway through in 2021, sorry, but what do you continue to learn about, okay, how do I get this message through? Like, how much have you developed as the head coach after being assistant uh, for seven years before taking over. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to think I'm a better coach now than uh, when I took over for sure. And that's, again, the, the players nowadays, I think they make you better coach. You know, there, you know, there's some people that complain that, uh, you know, players always want to know why, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why am I playing here? And I think it's, you know, if you let it, it can be a, it can be a great tool. You know, it's an accountability to the coach to have a reason why you're doing things. You know, whether it's sitting down as a staff and, um, you know, changes we want to make or little adjustments. But, you know, you have to be able to explain that and sell that to the players. And I think that uh, as a staff, we do a pretty good job of that, communicating with, with the players and, uh, again, helping them understand where their spot is on the team and how they can contribute. And I just think that's a big part of the job. It, it, John Tortorella in the NHL lamented about the the kids in the NHL wanting almost too much too early, wait your turn, those types of things. Does that trickle down into even like coming up from, uh, you know, U18, AAA, uh, jumping into the WHL where it's like, 
relax. You'll get your turn. You need to earn the ice time uh, as opposed to maybe when Mark O'Leary was a young player coming up through the ranks. Yeah, absolutely. I I think you see that. Um, You know, we have a a phrase we use, with opportunity comes responsibility. So, uh, you know, I don't mind players wanting more. I think that's part of um, you know, really a, a life lesson. You you want something bad enough, but you have to understand that there's a responsibility on your end to do what needs to be done. And, um, you know, with, with the players, I can only speak to our group, but I think they've done a great job of that too. You know, if you're, if you're asking for something, if you want to play in different situations or you want to play more, you know, you have to, you have to earn that and do it consistently, not just within the game, but day to day again, uh, just being good, being good at those details. And, you know, again, it can be a negative thing, but it can also be a positive if you let it. Marco Leary joining us, head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors, uh, second right now in points, but of course, third seed because they're a number two in the division with Medicine Hat uh, leading the Central. Uh, you play tomorrow night at home, then you don't see the friendly confines of the Moose Jaw events center until March the 8th after your American road trip wraps up. An American road trip this late in the season, a blessing or a curse? Well, I think uh, we're taking it as a blessing. You know, I think every year is different uh, with our group. You know, you mentioned uh, the guys coming back from World Juniors, and, you know, we, we made some additions at the at the deadline, so we still have uh, some fresh faces in the, in the dressing room, and, you know, the players have done a great job you know, getting them in the mix, but I think going on the road for an extended period of time, two weeks, I think is just another opportunity to to get closer as a group, not only at the rink, but away from it and uh, on the bus, at the hotel. I think that's all a big part of junior hockey. I know I'm looking forward to the road trip. What have you learned about Matthew Savoy since he uh, joined now that you get to watch him every day? Well, he's everything that uh, we thought he was and certainly more. I think the you know, not surprising thing, but uh, I think I've been really impressed by just uh, how even keel he is. Um, you know, you you see the the pro in him in terms of not getting too high, not getting too low. He's certainly confident in his ability, but uh, we know how competitive he is. Um, you know, you see the stats, you see the goals, the highlights that he that he scores with or puts up points, but it's that competitive side that he plays with or without the puck that I think is going to be so important for us, and it already has been. Uh, well, of course, uh, you, you were talking about the trades uh, that were made. Matthew Savoy comes in. Uh, the deal for Evan May, uh, he's played a few games, 3-1. Uh, and one. How much has he helped uh, in net, even though Jackson Unger has taken a huge leap this season as your starter? Yeah, he's been tremendous. You know, I, I think the, over the course of 68 games, there's you're going to run into – you know, some stretches of time where you have a lot of a lot of games and uh, you need two guys. Um, you know, even looking back last weekend, playing Friday night in Red Deer and a quick turnaround to a 2 o'clock game in Calgary, you know, having that uh, second goaltender there with uh, with some age and some experience in the league that, you know, you, you don't have to hesitate one bit to, to put him in that and know he's going to do the job. So he's a great kid. Um, again, he comes to the rink and, um, you know, treats the day uh, like he would if he was a pro, and he's been a great addition for sure. 
well, Mark, enjoy uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Night uh, tomorrow and have a safe road trip uh, for these three weeks away from a moose jaw through the States. Okay, will do. Thanks for having me. Mark O'Leary, head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors. They are on a roll. Uh, Twelve wins and one loss uh, since uh, everybody returned from the World Juniors. Of course, they have four of them uh, in their lineup after picking up Matthew Savoy at the trade deadline uh, from the Wenatchee Wild. It's going to be interesting. Swift Current Broncos jumping up the standings as well of now the number five team in the Eastern Conference. And we'll keep you up to date all the way to and through the playoffs with the Blades, Warriors, Broncos, PA Raiders in seventh place. Should be an interesting junior hockey league playoffs in Saskatchewan starting next month. But coming up next, the latest Saskatchewan spotlight with Britton Gray right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with a year in the green zone. All request Friday. That came in from Connor. Wanted to hear a little Avril Levine skater boy here on the green zone. one 8255 is the text line for all request Friday. But right now, it's the latest in our Sasky Spotlight series. This runner has broken through in U Sports, eventually hoping to break through for Canada's Olympic team. Our Britton Gray has this Sasky spotlight on University of Regina athlete Jonathan Podbelski. The West Track and Field Rankings. The Regina product is the top-ranked runner in both the men's 1,000-meter and 1,500-meter races. I plan to be there this year. Um, I hold myself. I try to hold myself to a to a high standard there, and I hope to to win nationals this year or in the near future. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy the competitive aspect of it. So I've always been competitive, and I hope to continue on this path. The former Cabell Collegiate student used to play football and basketball until one of his teachers pushed him to try track. I had a teacher who um, ran for the Cougars, actually. His name was Eric Benjamin. Um, great guy, amazing teacher, too, as well. Um, he kind of pushed me into the sport a little bit as I was uh, nearing the end of secondary school. And yeah, he really kind of. He gave me he gave me this opportunity and put me in put me in a club called Excel Athletica with his buddy Russell Neff and it's kind of been upwards since then. And in grade ten, Podbelski realized he could take things to the next level. I think everyone starts off in their sport as something more recreational and something they just enjoy doing. Um, but when you start to see your performance and you see that you're getting better and you see that you actually have potential to be as good as these guys that you look up to and and then when you reach that level that's when you say okay here we go like we're going we're going to the next level here and um, you can really excel at the university level. Podbelski enjoyed how the Cougars track team was run so he elected to stay home and be a part of it. After a solid freshman season, the 19-year-old has some first-place finishes under his belt in his second one. It's nice to come from such a small kind of university, um, and people are looking at U of R, and they might think that it's that it's a smaller program and a smaller smaller place, but it's it's really nice to come from this small community and then go to the bigger places and do really well because it shows that 
we are really good here in Regina, and it's a great program. Last summer, in his first ever Canadian track and field championships, he won two gold medals just hours apart and only one hour of sleep between the races. I beat a guy. His name is Riley Flemington. He uh, studies at the University of Michigan, and it was just it was totally just going through my brain, and I couldn't get over how big of an accomplishment it was, and I, I really couldn't sleep because I couldn't settle settle myself down. It was just that great. What, was that yeah. next day tough or because you still won gold? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit tough. You know, the muscles were a little sore. I had a little bit of a cramp in my right calf, I remember, but I still got the job done, so that's all that matters. This year, as a member of the Cougars, he broke a 45-year-old meet record at the Golden Bear Open. I had no idea about the 45-year-old meet record, which is kind of, I, I watched the stream afterwards and my, I had parent, uh, text messages coming in from my parents that it was 45 years old and it was this big deal. And so it was kind of special to know that. But the, the big thing for me was the, was the Cougar record, um, which who, the previous holder of that record was Ron McLean, a buddy of mine. So that's why it was really special in that moment. I always actually looked up to Ron McLean um, ever since I first joined track and he was, he was kind of the guy that I idolized. And for him to be in the race, he was actually in the race, and he came second behind me. Um, when I broke his record that he took in 2020, that's what really made it special was that kind of moment. He shook my hand after and said congrats, and it was great. Podbelski will try to help the U of R medal at the Canada West Championships and then look to take on U Sports Best. And perhaps even one day the Olympics could be a place where he races. They're always kind of sitting in the back of the head. Like, obviously, the focus right now is the U-sports season, and the, um, previously it was the junior season. But, yeah, now that I'm a senior athlete, I think they're definitely in the horizon. For the Green Zone, I'm Britton Gray. That's our Britton Gray with another Sasky Spotlight. Of course, all those Sasky Spotlights, give it a read as well on cjme.com, cko.m.com on the rising career of Regina track and field athlete, Jonathan Podbelski. Still to come on the Green Zone, Chico Resch is going to join us. Uh, someone texting already about the uh, Regina Outdoor Hockey League, one of the founding fathers. We'll have to, Chico's a great storyteller. I imagine he has a story about that. As well as the Flyers, the Devils, the Islanders, they're all on the ice outside this weekend at the Stadium Series. Also, later this afternoon, we'll be talking to Jennifer Jones as she gets ready for her final Scotty's Tournament of Hearts.